Psalms 38 reminds us that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. So when pain floods our hearts, where can we turn to find strength to recover and love again? Christine Kane, Jada Edwards, Jamie Ivey, and Janice Gaines are with us. We're learning how to lean into the one who loves us unconditionally. Come on, let's talk about it. Man, I think that this idea of being brave enough to love again after you've been betrayed is such a critical topic. It really at the root of it is forgiveness. And I think we often think of maybe marriages or romantic relationships when we think about betrayal and heartbreak. But I think for a lot of women, our first betrayal may have happened in our families or among our friends uh, before we got married or even if we're not married. We've experienced some things where people we trusted or people we expected to protect us may have betrayed us. And I think that's such a big point of awareness so that we can begin that healing process. How do we become aware of where we've been disappointed, where we've been betrayed, and begin to work through that? I, I had a situation with a friend, not, not I mean, maybe in my teen years, just old enough where you could get your feelings hurt and really feel like someone, someone had betrayed you. And so I remember kind of feeling like this person that I thought I knew uh, let me down, that they didn't represent me well or didn't understand our friendship well. And I'm, I'm a big friendship kind of person and those are precious and dear people to me. And I remember uh, sitting at home and being sad and having a pity party and my mother who is the master nurturer, I mean, she is, all the things that I am not. She is the cuddler and the rocker and all of these things. And I was just sitting over in a corner being irritated, which is my form of sadness. And so she said, you know, what's going on? And I said, I can't believe so-and-so did this. And I had names, y'all. I had the whole list of everyone's grievances. And uh, one particular name stuck out to her because this, was a, this girl was really a friend and she knew her, knew our families. And she asked me, she said, well, is she your friend? I said, I mean, I think so. She said, no, no, no. Is she your friend? Do you have a real friendship with her? And I thought about it for a second and I said, I, I do actually. She said, so if she's your friend, this one failure cannot define the friendship. Mm -hmm. If you think this is who she is and she's gonna always betray you or all, always mess up, that's different. But Jada, if this is your friend, it's worth fighting for. And y'all, I had to swallow the biggest pride pill because mm -hmm. this person who I thought was the person in the wrong, my mom said, if you love her and that's your friend, you need to give her an opportunity to make it right. Mm -hmm. And so I said, oh, oh, I have an opportunity for her. And so I have some things that I need to say to her. And she's like, no, 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 no. Just call and say, here's how I'm feeling. Can you just help me figure out, am I seeing this wrong? Help me. She said, let her have a chance to make this right. And y'all, we, we are friends to this day and it's been a 30 plus year friendship. But more importantly, that moment, mm -hmm. my mom made me think about relationships and people beyond what they do to me. Mm -hmm. And so she, she kind of challenged me to assess people's character and to see is, is this something that maybe God allowed to happen, but this is actually a God ordained friendship or relationship. And this is just an, this is just isolated disappointment. Or is this unhealthy? Is it toxic? That's different. Um, but it really set me on a path to start being discerning about my friendships. And so there are some things that I think might at one point I would have seen as 
as huge betrayals that now I just see as human brokenness. And I say, this is a good person mm -hmm. who's made some mistakes. God, how can we heal? And then there's other times where I might've been too forgiving and God has given me wisdom to say, <laughs> this is not wise and this is not healthy. And so for me, the biggest part about being brave in the middle of heartbreak or when I've been disappointed is perspective. Is this just some brokenness in a person that is in a that's good for you and God God ordained for you, or is this something unhealthy that you need to steer away from? And it's really helped me navigate those things, uh, forgiving both, but forgiving and continuing relationship with some, and forgiving and releasing some others. And so it's been <laughs> such a that was such a pivotal moment for me. And Janice, I wonder, mm -hmm. did you have any moments like that, or how have you in your adult life now seen how you can navigate uh, betrayal or heartbreak? Yeah, that, I mean, that's really good. I think your mother um, is very wise to have instructed you that way. That's great. I, yeah, she, she sounds great. Mm -hmm. And I think, and I'm sure she has awesome friendships as well because she's able to give that kind of wisdom. I think I remember, you know, an issue with a, a friend of mine, even in adulthood, where I had to take those steps. And really the hardest part for me was realizing, like you said, that what someone does doesn't necessarily um, tank their character forever. And honestly, you know, kind of hearkening back to yesterday's conversation, counseling has helped me see that. And just focusing on one scripture, there but for the grace of God go I, in realizing that in any of the things that could happen to me, apart from the grace of the Lord in my life, I have the propensity to wound other humans as deeply as humans have ever wounded humans before. And so it is really interesting to me when I start to think of it from that perspective that the only people I have to choose from, whether it's in friendship or family or with my husband, is a pool of people who are broken and being healed. They are in process. They are being sanctified and are imperfect. And that has helped me to really be able to stand in the place of forgiveness and say, hey, let me try to get the perspective that you were talking about, Jada, and see what does the Lord say about this relationship? And not just, you know, and, and do it every time. Ask the Lord for that perspective every time because he sees what I cannot see. And while I don't want to keep um, toxic relationships around, um, I also, and I don't want to toss good friendships away, the reality is only the Lord knows what's coming, and I want to be obedient to him when he speaks about those friendships. So I think that's kind of mm -hmm. how I've gotten my perspective, just remembering that, oh my goodness, everybody's imperfect, and in this sense, you've been wounded, and you've wounded others. So now what does the Lord say about this friendship? And starting with, we always say, you know, if, if, you, if, you're, if you have an ought against your brother, go to him. But there's a scripture in Colossians that just says, if somebody's offended you, forgive them. <laughs> it's like, start there. Right. And then if it's so big that you can't get over it, okay, start the process of bringing it to them. But the first response is forgiveness. And so it, it takes a lot of courage to do that for sure. It's so true. And, you know, we're talking about friendships here and maybe even within marriages. And I think we can all say, like, we're not talking about toxic relationships here. So yeah. we talk about how do we have the courage to, like, love again and enter back into another relationship. I think the, the foundation here is that this is a healthy relationship. Like Jada was talking about, like, is this going to be a friendship that's going to last for a yeah. while? Um, and, you know, I often think, like, 
you know, God is really clear. You know, Jesus said, the way that we're gonna know that you're my disciples is how you love one another. Mm -hmm. And so there's this idea of us as Christ followers, and you guys have mentioned it so many times about forgiveness and how do we enter into those relationships. I often think for myself when I'm having an issue with a friend or my husband or a child or somebody of thinking, you know what, I don't wanna do this again because we've already been down this road and I have to continue to choose to love you. And I remind it about how often God is continuing to love me in spite of myself. You know, and God is never one to be like, oh, here we go again, Jamie is doing it again and I'm gonna choose to love her again. Like God has already made that decision that his love for us can never end, never fail. It's in his word, it's his character. He showed that through Jesus sending his son for us. And so there's this example that we have of God's never ending love for his people. And listen, we're, like you said, Jess, we are broken people and we have the same, I could mess up and be unkind to someone just like anyone else can to me. So that's where we're thinking here. But to know that and to know how God pursues me and loves me in spite of myself, I wanna be that, I wanna be that friend. I wanna be that wife, I wanna be that mother, I wanna be that person who continues to step back into love because God has loved me so much, therefore I can love others that way. I can be patient and I can be kind and I can be forgiving and I can be gracious with my friends and my family only because God has done that for me and I have the Holy Spirit and so I'm able to do that. And so I often think about that when I'm wondering, can I love again? Can I step back into this friendship again after I've been hurt? The question is, God always is loving us. He is never kind of weighing the odds of if he should continue to love us or not. It's always a yes from the Father. He is always continuing to love us. And when I remember that and I think, okay, I wanna be an imitator of God. This is a way that I can imitate him is I can step back into a relationship and love again, even when I've been hurt. Yeah, you know, and that always brings it, Jamie, back to what kind of a wife am I being or what kind of a friend am I being? Uh, and, and so we take the, again, the excuses out of the, out of the way. And you just said, just like Jesus loves, we're supposed to love. So it's not about what you do to me, but it's what I, what am I doing? What am I, how is my attitude right now? Uh, I've heard it said, if you're the smartest person in the room all the time, maybe there's something wrong. Um, and so I think, I think Chris, uh, most people probably have been to the point where they've been hurt so bad that they never want to trust or they never want to love again. What do you have to say with that? Yeah, it is true. You know, um, when you've got my kind of background, I see the difference between how Nick's mercy and compassion and ability to forgive really quickly versus mine. <laughs> and I think some of it has got to do with our background. Like my husband is like the fourth part of the yeah. Trinity and then there's me that is yeah. not there. Um, but, you know, he, I think because of the abandonment mm -hmm. um, and the abuse and some things that happen in my background, mm -hmm. uh, trust is not something that comes easy to me. Now, I'm very 
thick-skinned, um, but I'm very tender-hearted. So if you get into my inner circle um, and I trust you, I trust you. I mean, that's the whole thing. So, uh, and you know, Laurie, because you walked through uh, some of this with me just, you know, four or five years ago. Um, and so we're talking now, I'm an adult in my 50s, so we're not even talking about a friend right. at school or uh, <laughs> we're talking about at this level of life and ministry, um, something so dramatic happened that it nearly took me out. Um, you know, like it, it, it was so damaging. And I guess that people watching this thinking, um, you know, is this uh, something that you grow out of? You get better at it, but betrayal, you know, as much as uh, Jesus experienced it right through to his death. I mean, you know, Peter betrayed him um, and then uh, obviously Judas betrayed him. And so it's something that is very close. You know, the Psalmist said, it would have been easy if it was my enemy that turned against me. But when it right. was my friend that I went to the house of God right. with, there's something I think in mm -hmm. particular when it, it gets, uh, we, we don't talk about it a lot, but in Christianity, when it's a Christian brother or sister that you are close to, and so you sort of expect some of the things we're talking about, like if you've got an offense or something's wrong, we would have talked to one another. We, I thought we were friends enough that we would have dealt with this. And then all of a sudden, someone that you thought you were in alignment with. I think maybe there's some pastors and leaders listening to this and people in your churches, people in ministry, people on your teams um, and just friends that you think we're all good. And then all of a sudden out of left field, something happens. Now, I know in my case, um, it, and now we are five years on from this situation. So now looking back, uh, it is very obvious that this thing at the time actually had nothing to do with me and it was something that this person was going through. But you don't know that when you're in the moment. You're just kind of feeling all of the emotion right. of the rejection, the hurt, the betrayal. Um, and it so deeply cut into me. I think my husband would tell you and whatever, because I'm so loyal. Once you're in, I mean, I, I, I'm a, you're right or die, I am loyal. So you could deeply wound me. Now, you know, it was at the point where, Laurie, we were at, um, we were doing a TBN tour and we were at the garden tomb and I was teaching about the resurrection and where that <laughs> section um, where Jesus said to Mary, go tell the disciples and Peter. And it was like, as I was preparing that thing and, and tell Peter as well, that it was like God had to make me confront Christine. Peter denied me three times after uh, this incident and it was almost in my own heart, I'm not adding anything to scripture, but it was like, had Judas repented, hmm. I would have said Peter and Judas as well. If, if Judas had not, you know, if it w wasn't right. all over, like God was right. so loving that the people that he had walked with, and it was something in there that made me, and I guess it gets back to Janice's point. I had to still make some decisions for me that I was going to have to offer forgiveness if this friendship was really worth it and even though sometimes you put expectations on people go well this person you know is this level of minister or this level of what christian and they should have known better and look at what has happened and you can actually have unrealistic expectations of people and go they're still just people i'm still a person i wound others too i hurt others too um but it was like i had to get to that place to go peter and judas both betrayed Jesus so deeply. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, of course, Judas at a whole nother level, but still in that moment, I thought had Judas repented like Peter did um, instead of taking his life and, you know, it all ended. It was almost like Jesus would have forgave him too. Just that mm -hmm. phrase of go tell the disciples sure. and Peter. It was like, whoa, Christine. Okay. 
Are you willing to do your and Peter, whatever that might mean in this case? And you know, now mm -hmm. it was deeply painful. It triggered a whole lot. And you know, the issue is that God was actually wanting to do a deeper level of healing in my own life. It made me have to go back to counselling, have a whole other level of healing. <laughs> and when I look at the fruit of these last few years, I'm like, oh my goodness, I never even knew the Lord wanted to go that much deeper. But it took a yeah. and Peter also moment to go, am I willing to dig yeah. yet again? I guess I say all that to go that in my 50s, um, you know, I, I, Jada, I'm laughing because you were using the example of your mum who actually seems to be Jesus Junior like Laurie as well. But she was coming <laughs> she, to you as a teenager <laughs> saying, <laughs> yeah, she sounds it like, is this friendship worth it? I'm saying in my 50s as a Christian minister, still got to make the same decisions, basically, of that constant 70 times 7. You've got to keep forgiving. Um, and we're not talking about anything abusive or wrong or Jamie's right. already established that. But I think in Christian relationships, that's the only way forward. Absolutely. And, I, you know, it's some a couple of things you touched on that, again, were already in my heart. <laughs> so I think they're so important, especially from a ministry standpoint, um, being leaders in a church, we hear often many stories of people uh, telling us that they've been betrayed or, or been let down by someone in ministry, someone in leadership, this this idea of church hurt, you know? And so uh, we talk about that a lot. And I, and sometimes I, I just ask them, well, well, who who hurt you? And so, I mean, was it the church? Did an organization have a practice in place that was destructive? Or was it an individual in the church who hurt you? Yeah. Because just because people of God hurt you does not mean that God has hurt you. So there has to be this perspective because I think I think it changes everything. And I, I, having this awareness of, of what it can trigger and, and what it means for us, I mean, is so significant because when you Think about when you talk about the garden tomb, I was thinking about that the whole passage in Gethsemane, the garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus is asking for this cup to be removed and he's in one of his most vulnerable places. And uh, the, the people that were his inner circle, right, within the 12, they, the three were there and they could not pray with him. He said, you can't keep watch with me. Um, and the first time they fail, he didn't say unfollow, unfriend, get out the garden. He said, let's try again. And still they failed. And again, and and still they fail, and still he still gave them calling and commission even after that. And so, I think a, a huge part of knowing that we're not clinically forgiving, saying, "Oh, as a Christian, I'm going to release you. You no longer owe me, et cetera, et cetera." However, I'm withdrawing my emotional engagement. Okay, it's a clinical forgiveness. <laughs> How do I say I'm going to be vulnerable? I'm going to trust God uh, because even even though Judas's betrayal was different, he still called him in the beginning, and he was God. He knew what was coming down the line. And to say, "I'm going to use you. You're, you're part of the prophecy. So even in your brokenness, you're still a part of what I'm going to do on. through my son." And and even with these three that were his inner circle. So when people in my church or people in my life argue against life groups and they don't want to be in community and tell their business, I'm like, come with me to the garden. Let me tell you about vulnerability, okay? <laughs> people are going to disappoint you. Yeah. They're going to disappoint you. You don't get in life group yeah. for perfection. You don't You don't show, have friendships right. because you need people to be Jesus. You have Jesus. Mm. You, you, we do that because right. we sharpen each other. We learn from each other, even in our failures. And so I think for me, because I can be really good at clinical forgiveness, I can be really
really good at the academic approach to releasing someone. Mm -hmm. The challenge for me is always, am I going to re-engage emotionally? Mm -hmm. Am I going to trust you again? Am I going to be vulnerable again? Because I can be friendly and not vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And I can be, you know, amicable <laughs> and not vulnerable. And I can be polite and not mm -hmm. open to you. And so um, that has always been the thing that very often no one else will know but God. And he'll say, wait, 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 but you're holding yeah. back. And when you do that, here's the problem with that. Mm -hmm. You're self-protecting, Jada, and that's my job. So if you're going to protect yourself, then you've taken me out of the role of protector. Okay, so I need you to be vulnerable because then I can protect you. I can give you discernment. And even when they fail again, I can bring you through the healing. And so I, I don't know about um, anyone else here, but for me, that has been a huge gauge for me it, when it's not clinical and academic, but truly I'm choosing to re-engage emotionally. That's how I know that I'm deciding to pursue through whatever betrayal has happened. You know, what's interesting about wow. that, Jada, is that that's so true. I think one of the things that I've had, the Lord has really actually just had to show me and gently lead me into coming to grips with is the fact that, and you will be hurt again. And that's facing that fact, that in real, honest, and true relationship, you're going to be hurt again. Um, I think that has been the thing that has helped me realizing that you're not going to deal with perfect humans from here on out. So you can either close your heart and experience nothing and accept numbness, or you can allow yourself to be vulnerable again and enjoy amazing times in amazing relationships with different people. And you're going to have to risk being hurt again. But the kicker for me is this that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. And I don't have yeah. to be afraid of betrayal or heartbreak as though it's going to destroy me. Because even in betrayal, even in heartbreak, the Lord is near. And that is the only thing that can make it okay, is that the Lord himself yeah. draws near to me. That is the only salve that actually fixes the wound. You know, the person can apologize and do better. Like even a previous day, you know, Chris was saying, well-meaning people saying things that create insecurities. Well, the person may have apologized, loved you well, and you're still carrying that wound. But the reality is the Lord is the only salve to these wounds that have been created. And so when we allow him to move in to heal our wounds, and we can say again, I, I can risk being friends with people. I can risk staying married. I can risk having a relationship with family as we've established in healthy ways because I know that no matter what, God's grace is sufficient for me and he will be near. But I think it it, it takes that realizing that, yeah, this could actually happen again. That's the fear of not being vulnerable again. But if the Lord fixes that, then that's what we have to lean on, you know? I don't know, Jamie, have you ever experienced having to tell yourself that? <laughs> a million times. Yeah. And I will a million times more. <laughs> you know, I have a friend, my friend Amanda, she said this to me one time, and I have never forgotten this. She said, I went into marriage thinking I was finally going to never be hurt by a boy ever again. Mm. And she quickly found out that that doesn't, poor girl, <laughs> that that pain doesn't hurt with that commitment of marriage. That now you're just committed and there's no leaving, but we still hurt each other. And so there's this act of continuing to love again, continuing to repent and continuing to forgive, just like we've talked about this entire time about how 
it's worth it to become vulnerable again and to enter into that love again because we see what God can do with it. You know, we see what God can do yeah. uh, with Peter and what, what, what he went through and then how God used him in such a mighty way. Um, and so I want to be a friend, a wife, a mom who understands that it's, I'm willing to go back in. I'm willing to repent. I'm willing to forgive. I'm willing to love again um, because God has done that so well for me, but also because um, I want to be an example of how we can be that as followers of Jesus as well. Uh, all of you guys that are listening and watching us, um, I'm going to pray for us and I'm just going to pray that that whatever kind of situation you're in, we don't know, but God does know that He will meet you there. So pray with me. God, we love you for so many reasons. Um, I'm thinking right now of how thankful I am for your lavish love that you continue to pour on me, that you continue to be faithful to me even when I am not faithful. God, you continue to meet me right where I am. God, I pray that for all of the five of us and for every person who is listening to my voice, that we would be willing to be vulnerable again, that we'd be willing to love again and to enter into those relationships because we know what you can do with them. So God, we give you our relationships. We lay them down at your feet. We ask you to be the leader in them, um, the provider for us. God, would you help us not think that we need to be self-protective of our own hearts, but God, give that over to you. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.